Episode 4, Current Female Athletes at Georgetown and Their Perspectives on Title IX. In this episode, we will be interviewing two current female athletes at Georgetown. You'll hear about these remarkable women's athletic careers, individual and team accomplishments, and perspectives on Title IX and the treatment of female athletic teams at Georgetown. We will first hear from Caroline Hecht, a junior on the Georgetown women's crew team. Caroline has been a member of the women's crew team since her freshman year in 2018, and in 2019 and 2020, Caroline was named to the Patriot League Women's Rowing Academic Honor Roll. Our conversation with Caroline will begin now. We can just start with, um, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to high school, what your family was like, anything like that? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm from like the suburbs of Philadelphia, um, and I started rowing when I was in like seventh and eighth grade for fun, and then competitively my freshman year of high school. Prior to that, I had been a pretty serious Philahi player, um, you know, as serious as you can be in eighth grade but um, just sort of wanted to try out rowing and switched to that when I came into high school. I went to Marion Mercy Academy, which is like an all-girls Catholic school, fairly small, um, just outside of the city of Philadelphia. Um, yeah, so I rode all through high school for my, teen, for my school during the school year and then um, with a couple of different clubs in the summers. But I came to Georgetown. I decided I wanted to go to Georgetown like early on in my, or I'd say like middle of my junior year. Um, went through the whole recruiting process, which was horrible. Um, and uh, fall of my senior year, visited campus, fell in love with it, decided I wanted to come and uh, committed in September of my, um, of my senior year. And now I'm a junior in the School of Foreign Service studying international politics. That's awesome. So what made you choose Georgetown out of all the schools that you were looking at to join the crew team? Um, yeah, so for one, Georgetown obviously has like excellent academics, which was made it an easy decision to make in terms of like, I didn't feel like I was sacrificing anything um, in terms of academics for my sport, but it also just a great environment. I love where it's located and um, like the vibe of the campus and the team. But um, really the thing that I tell I always tell people when they ask me like what sent me over is just um, coming on my official and seeing um, and meeting everyone and just feeling such like a great family um, vibe from the team and um, just really like being a place I could picture myself being for the next four years. Um, yeah. We were wondering also what a day in your life would have looked like pre-corona, obviously when you were in school and practicing and all that. Yeah, this is a great question. Um, so we practice every morning from 6.25 to around nine. So I'd get up at like 5.15-ish um, and, you know, get dressed, whatever, walk down to the boathouse, which is just right by like the Swedish embassy um, or like near the Watergate Hotel. It takes like 20 minutes to get down there, practice for a couple hours, um, super fun, always, you know, seeing the sunset, whatever, uh, or sunrise, <laughs> sunset. Um, have a hard practice usually walk back to school big breakfast with the team I uh, know someone who dropped a class one time because they just could not give up breakfast with the team <laughs> like people pick their schedules around that um, and then would like probably go to class at some point at, like in you know morning class whatever and then most days we have some sort of secondary workout so we'll either go lift with our strength and conditioning coach 
or we'll do um, on your own workouts like in our like gym area. Um, then I've had some injury problems while at school. So I'd usually go see our trainer, get some treatment, more class, uh, dinner, homework, go to bed by 10 p.m. so I could wake up the next day and do it again. <laughs> Basically, that's uh, what a normal day would look like. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and another of our questions is, what has been your biggest accomplishment um, as a member of the crew team? That's a hard question. I don't know. Um, for me, obviously, like getting recruited was a big hurdle. Uh, I came from a small program that wasn't that doesn't typically send people to like schools like Georgetown. So that was a really big deal for me. Um, it's hard to pick an accomplishment with rowing because it's so intensely team based. Um, there's very little. I think I've I think I've like competed in something like as myself like three or four times in my in my life. Um, so it's it's hard for me to claim something as an accomplishment because it's intensely team-based. I'd say that two of my favorite races in my life and two races I felt most proud of in my life were um, my senior year of high school, our nationals was loads of fun. Um, we were really like sort of underdog scrappy school slash boat. Um, and that was tons of fun to go out and um, sort of beat up on some big programs and we wound up getting second, um, which was super fun. And then another race I'm super proud of was our, my freshman year of college. We had um, a fall race that we like, we, um, it was like down in the Occoquan in Virginia. We, um, everyone was like double or triple racing, which is not super common. And we had a freshman eight, a freshman boat that, um, like went and just absolutely like wrecked. Like there's no other word for it. Like we passed a boys boat that was in the race ahead of us. Like, so, which was just so much fun to like go out and be like, you know, it's like your third race at college and just absolutely thrashing on people. So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It's hard to pick up a, a, a single thing. Cause again, like I can't, both of those situations there was like eight other people with me. I can't really claim those as my own. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Oh my gosh, this, this is like another similar question, but is there, do you have a favorite part about being on the crew team? It, it could be the same thing or something different, whatever, up to you. I would say it's just like the, the team aspect because it's so important is just my favorite thing ever. I mean, I came in and I had like met a couple people on my official visits. Like I, I knew some faces here. But I, I, for like most part, didn't know anyone. And you just come in and like, it's this instantly, this family welcoming you. Um, and it's really fun because I'm a junior now. So I'm just sort of getting to the phase where I get to be like on the older side of things. And it's super fun to like have experienced that transition because you, you go, I mean, it's not fun sometimes. Like it's horrible sometimes. Like, you know, you're, it's hard. You're waking up early and you're working really, really hard. And that sort of bonds people together in a way that I think is pretty unique. And so it's, it's really great to get to have been like the beneficiary of all the girls who came before me and were older than me, <clears throat> like helping me out, supporting me through stuff that I was going through athletically, but also academically or personally. And now being older, getting to be able to do the same thing for the um, people who are coming up behind me is a lot of fun. Awesome, thank you. Is there anything that you would change about your experience? Um, on the Georgetown women's crew team? Um, well, I got injured like the middle of my freshman year and that was pretty awful. Um, I don't really know if it was something I could, like I would change that if I could, um, but 
it's definitely also taught me a lot. So it's one of those things that's like, I can't really picture myself without having gone through that experience. And now like moving more towards like the Title IX aspect of your uh, athletic career, have you felt like you've seen any difference between the way you're treated as like a female athlete in comparison with the male athletes in either your program or other programs at, at all or in any way? Yeah, it's actually a really, it's a really interesting question. One I've been thinking about a lot because we're talking right now about oh, what teams get to be pulled back during like COVID restrictions. So, like there's clearly a prioritization. There's definitely different, I would say, at least in my view, like you, teams are treated differently. That's just sort of a fact. And I don't really necessarily think that's a bad thing, you know, but there's definitely some teams that get treated differently by the school and like rightly so, okay? No, women's rowing is not selling revenue, is not making revenue for the university. That's a whole other weird question about the fact that like, oh, we have to bring back our student athletes because they are like our university's finances depend on it. That's a whole other situation. In terms of Title IX, it's, um, I wouldn't say I have like experienced a huge disparity between what is offered to like us and what's offered to men's rowing. Um, but that's a little bit hard because men's rowing doesn't qualify as an NCAA sport. That's also um, a little bit weird. Um, I definitely like, we definitely talk about Title IX a lot. Like Title IX pops up like, oh, she's on women's lacrosse and men, the men's lacrosse team gets housing. So they have to give it to the women's team. Like, like it pops up in conversation. And, but I wouldn't say from like an administrative perspective, there's a sense that we're treated all that differently. There's definitely probably a sense of like socially speaking that um, teams, but also genders are treated a little bit differently. Like I think women's soccer probably doesn't deserve any less like props or cred but gets that than men's soccer and like it's hard because like the perceptions of who's like good and who's successful in their in their competitions but also like it's just sort of like I think there is going to be always be a tendency to like discount or like undergrade women's sports there's way more women's college rowing teams than men's that's definitely a thing that gets thrown around a lot oh it's easier for you guys to get recruited and it might be true that it's easier to get to get recruited to a college. It's not easier to get recruited to like a college you really want to go to. So that's like a hard tension there. Do you think it's it's common to see these disparities? Like, do you have any other friends on any sports teams um, that have experienced similar things or you've talked to about similar things? For sure. I have a good friend of mine who is at, um, she goes to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and she also rose there. And I think that the disparities she talked about are like something I've never heard of. I mean, it's, it's truly crazy. And I think, again, it's like part of what I mentioned before, like teams that perform well or make the school money, get props, like get promoted or like more stuff anyway. But I mean, it's stuff like, oh yeah, this men's team at my school like has a team dog because they were anxious and they wanted a dog like really like excessive stuff and I think when you get to like the bigger schools like that there is there tends to be a greater focus placed on um placed on on typically a men's sport it's also problematic because like our women's basketball team is probably better than our men's basketball team but our men's basketball team is always going to make more money than our women's team so like that's the, another tension there where it's like just saying like, oh they make the school more money really isn't enough because it's like men's teams are the like are going to make the school more money because people decide that those are the ones that should get promoted and those are the ones that should get watched so like that's a weird tension too but 
yeah I think at bigger schools I have a friend at Syracuse it's really it's pretty odd there um it's very like separated and and very much viewed as like you're a you're a female student athlete not like necessarily a student athlete this is kind of related also but do you think there's a lot of student support for the crew team or do you think Georgetown could do better in this aspect do you think well obviously you kind of touched on this with certain sports having like more credit but um rowing's not a fun sport to watch I'll own that it's just not like um I totally get that people don't it's like I barely go to like our men's team will have races and we don't have practice I'm like oh I guess I'll go like I guess I'll walk down um so I totally get why that's like not a huge element the thing I do find like a little bit of a bummer sometimes is that there's so many like games on campus and they're just really poorly attended um most of the time but I think it would be cool if we could if Georgetown could like work a little bit so that like instead of it just being men's soccer that everyone goes to like people go to field hockey like that's also fun to watch you know so like maybe that um yeah that was basically all we had but if there's anything else that you would like to add that we didn't touch on um anything at all just feel free no i i don't have any further thoughts I actually do have one more really quick question before we finish this up is there a reason why men's rowing teams aren't um, like under the NCAA? I have no idea why men's heavyweight isn't an NCAA sport. I do know that, I think that the lightweights on both teams or both genders, whatever, is, I don't really know. I think the NCAA doesn't like weight classes, but like wrestling has weight classes. They they have their own whole separate thing. Like they have, they have a separate championship that's called like the, IR inner it's called the IRA like intercollegiate rowing I don't really know whatever but it happens like at the end of June so they all feel like stick around campus for an extra month like um it's like a whole other world I don't really get it I I, I do not know but I do know that women's rowing is women's open weight rowing or heavyweight rowing is the only like um NCAA one that's probably a title nine thing honestly probably because they have like football teams that like have spent so much money that's the other thing about rowing. It's super easy to spend money on because our boats cost like $60,000. So like it, it's a, it tends to get added when they need to like, whatever, like write huge, huge deficits between men's and women's teams. I gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. I just want to say thank you for coming. Uh, I appreciate you uh, just spending your time and answering our questions. Uh, so thank you for that. Yeah, thank you so much for coming. It was super interesting talking to you. And thank you for all that you've been able to share with us. Um, thanks for taking time out of your day. Thanks to our conversation with Caroline, we are now able to shed some much-needed light on the hard work of the Georgetown women's crew team. The team that wakes up at the crack of dawn every day to practice and powers through the afternoon to train yet again, not only sent three boats to the Intercollegiate Rowing Association's National Championship in the spring of 2019, one of which won a silver medal, but also had all 64 members of the team named the Patriot League Academic Honor Roll in 2020, and 24 of its members named recipients of the 2020 Collegiate Rowing Coaches Association Scholar-Athlete Award. Among their long list of academic and athletic accomplishments are the team's recognition by the NCAA with Public Recognition Awards for High Academic Progress Rate Scores in 2020, 
and also the naming of 55 members of the team to the 2019 Patriot League Academic Honor Roll, and the naming of 15 members of the team as recipients of the 2019 Collegiate Rowing Coaches Association Scholar-Athlete Award. Award. Some remarkable individual accomplishments within the Georgetown women's crew team include Sarah McErlins, Olivia Ferrars, Emma Stars, and Caroline O'Brien's bronze medal for the United States in the lightweight women's quadruple skulls at the U23 World Championships in Florida in July of 2019, Megan Walsh's naming to the Pocock Lightweight All-American team in 2019, Angela Glazer's and Kate Hagen's first ever 8-plus to medal at Patriot Leagues in the spring of 2019, and Caroline O'Brien's Georgetown Lasting Legacy Award awarded in 2020. Caroline's experience with Title IX within Georgetown Athletics has indicated to us that, at least in her experience, in comparison to other universities, Georgetown has come a long way in instilling the principles of Title IX in its athletic program. Caroline seems to experience Title IX in an informal and conversational manner, one that demonstrates the lasting impact of Title IX even today. She implies that the administration treats both male and female athletes relatively equally in her experience, but she does concede that the administration prioritizes teams that bring the university the most money, which tend to be male teams. One comment of hers that particularly caught my attention, though, was her comment about male rowers tending to belittle the accomplishments of female rowers by telling them it's easier for females to get recruited. This demonstrates that although Title IX has made athletics equal on paper, it appears that in Caroline's experience, some males still find it difficult to wholly accept female athletic success. Now we will move into our interview with Kelly Ann Livingstone, a senior on the Georgetown women's soccer team. Kelly Ann has been playing soccer since the age of two and has trained with male soccer players for most of her life. Kellyanne has been a member of the Georgetown women's soccer team since her freshman year in 2017, the year in which she appeared and started in 20 games, scored her first career goal against Marquette in the Big East semifinals, earned a spot on the Big East all-freshman team, and was named Big East Defensive Player of the Week on August 28th. In 2018, she scored the first goal of the game against Baylor in the NCAA tournament, anchored a defense that allowed just 10 goals on the season, was named to the Big East All-Tournament team, and earned Most Outstanding Defensive Player. And in 2019, she was named to the preseason All-Big East team, had seven points on the season off of three goals and an assist, and recorded a goal in the Big East semifinals against Providence College. Our conversation with Kelly Ann will begin now. So we can just start with if you could tell a little bit about tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, uh, where you went to high school, what your family was like, whatever you would like. So I'm from Glenridge, New Jersey, um, pretty small town in northern Jersey. Um, I have a younger brother who also played soccer his whole life, um, and my parents both went to William Mary, and my mom ran track there, and my dad played soccer there as well. Um, so I started playing soccer basically as soon as I started walking, which was like, whatever, like one years old. Um, and basically I just started playing in my backyard with my parents and um, our family friends who have a son who's my age, um, who actually plays at uh, Princeton men's soccer team now. 
um we started playing together like the same time and my I guess I started playing soccer like officially like around like two years old when my mom like our parents signed us up for like some five-year-old camps and they were like your children are two and they're like yeah we know but they can play soccer so like you have to put them in there so we started playing then um grew up just playing like in town leagues um and then it wasn't until like sixth grade I started playing on a club team um all like I was coached by my dad till I was eighth grade I think yeah eighth grade um so he's been like a huge factor in me playing soccer my whole life and um and then so yeah I played with a bunch like I've played with boys teams my whole life too like all throughout middle school high school like I would train with boys all the time which was like my favorite and like I think it's definitely a huge like developmental factor for like any girls um soccer careers and then I went through like the Olympic development program which like all girls went through um so that was really cool met a bunch of different cool girls and then I started playing for ECNL league in when I was a freshman so then I got exposed to so many different other players and so many college coaches came to our games which was really awesome and I committed to Georgetown when I was sophomore in high school so here I am well, like really caught my attention though. You trained with boys. Is that like something that's normal for female soccer players? So when I was younger, like we had this developmental program that was like, you kind of had to try out for, but it wasn't really like a team. It was just like a once or twice a week thing where it was just like developing your skills. And that was in like middle school and a bunch of my teammates, or we've had formed a club team with the girls who had joined. So like I made a bunch of new like girlfriends, but we trained with boys. So it was half girls, half boys. So that's where I kind of like got introduced to training with boys. And my best friend, Kevin, who is the soccer player I grew up with. Um, I just like from then on, just always trained with his like separate team also, like all the way up until I was senior at high school. And like, even still now, like I like play pickup with boys all the time. Um, so I don't really know. I, a lot of girls in the Georgetown team have trained with boys, but I don't know if it's super unique or not but I just love it how were you guys like received by the the boys on the team did they like accept you guys I'm assuming since you had a friend on the team probably yeah so like since I had a friend and like had known them since middle school it was like they didn't have a problem with me like they all liked me and like would like ta- go into tackles with me like I was just like one of their teammates mm-hmm. even like when I was in high school and they were a lot bigger than me um so like generally everyone was like super cool with me training with them all the time you said you got recruited in your sophomore year right yeah so what was that process like so, well recruiting in general is just pretty stressful especially like when your teammates are like oh I just committed here and you're like why am I not committed yet <laughs> so well actually so freshman year I had torn my ACL um so that was like super stressful because I was like oh my gosh like my path to getting to college is going to be like so thrown off my teammates are getting are committing like this is just so crazy so my whole freshman year was spent instead of playing soccer like on my recovery um and obviously when you get back like you're not going to know if you're the same player or not so that was really stressful and like our first tournament we I played in back um I like didn't get any emails from coaches and like I was like super bummed about that so I was like, all right, I guess I just have to like work that much harder. Um, and so it actually, Georgetown kind of came around in like a weird way because 
they, my coach came looking for a player, like a specific type of player. And we had just, we had just played in that tournament where I didn't play that well. So I wasn't necessarily like on their radar, but then we went back to practices and then like we're doing fitness tests and stuff. And I was just, I was beating everyone on our team and like the team's older than me. And so my coach was like, oh, well, we have this girl who's like just came back from an ACL injury and she's proving to be like one of the fittest girls on our team. And she's just fits her description, but like hasn't gotten enough playing time under her belt. So he's like, okay, cool. Just like have her come visit and we'll, we'll keep talking to her. And like, so I went on a visit, hadn't, he hadn't seen me play yet. So he was just kind of like taking my coach, my club coach's word on it. And, um, and then I ended up playing for him and he liked me. So, you know. And I obviously like saw other schools too, in addition to Georgetown, but Georgetown was like my first school that I went to go see and like my first contact. And actually I had, I called the coach and like, since there's so many rules around recruiting and like, if you, they can't call you, you can only call them. There's all these rules. Um, I had called them and left like this terrible voicemail. It was like, I was so nervous. And I called my coach back and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to Georgetown. <laughs> and I was like I blew it (laughs) um but yeah so then at the end of that year that like season in August I ended up committing here to Georgetown what was your top reason for choosing Georgetown so my like number one thing was like soccer more so than athletics but I knew I was gonna like try and I mean academics um I knew I was going to go to like an academic school just because usually like those programs have also also have good soccer programs. Um, so, and I originally really wanted to go to an ACC school because I thought that would be sick, like playing in like one of the best leagues. Um, but then it was when I talked to the coach, um, our coach is named Dave. When I talked to Dave, um, he was just like such like a good guy, like didn't seem like he was like just trying to get you to come to like make his roster really big. Like he actually wanted me as a player. Um, and like the, our field is awesome. Like I loved our like stadium and I love the atmosphere of Georgetown. Um, and of course like the academics are good, but it was really like came down to like who was on the team and what they stood for. And at the time when I was getting recruited, like Georgetown wasn't, the women's soccer program wasn't necessarily like this huge program. Like the men's team was very good, but like the women's team was just starting to get good. Um, so I was like, all right, like I want to be part of this program that's, you know, like the under underdogs and like, I want to make Georgetown a big program. And like when I was still in high school, like we had gone to, um, when I was a senior, they had gone to the first um, college cup in 2016 yeah so that was like super exciting to like go onto a team that was just coming off like this huge season um and so yeah like I just want to be part of this awesome program with these these coaches that like all complemented each other very well and like were very nice and welcoming and same with the girls too we were just wondering what a day in your life would have looked like pre-corona with practice and school whatever that entailed pre-corona all right that was a long time ago it seems like um so normally I would wake up like not really that early because I'm not a huge morning person but early enough that I could get like a good breakfast in and maybe get some work done before class and then I'd probably go to class for like 
two or three hours, three hours at the max, um, whatever was on the agenda for that day. Um, and then usually after that, like after I finished my last class, I'd be like kind of hectic because I would have to like rush and get lunch, usually like grabbing something at upstairs Leo's and then like running over to the athletic facilities where usually I would just like eat in the locker room and like throw on some athletic clothes and go over to the training room and do whatever exercises my trainer had for the day and do like some recovery stuff. And then after that, I would do some meetings usually like either team meetings where it'd be like film or individual meetings with their coaches and then get taped for practice, head up to Shaw Field, play for like hour and a half, two hours and then shower and get dinner and do work for the rest of the night. We were also wondering what your favorite part about being on the women's soccer team has been. Um, I would definitely say my teammates, both on and off the field, because, well, off the field, it's like, it's definitely intimidating when you're coming in as a freshman being like, okay, I have all these friends at home who have known me forever, but I'm about to go walk on this team and play with new girls who I've just met. Like, are they gonna like me? All this stuff. And like the the girls that have, or older than me or younger than me, like everyone's just been, everyone's super accepting. And like, it doesn't matter if you're like geeky or like the coolest person on the planet. Like as long as you're a good person, it's just like, everyone just loves you. And like, that's just been something with our program for like, as long as I can remember. Um, and that's something that we strive to do in the future too. So I think that's really like my favorite part, but also like on the field, just because like everyone's like hardworking and a good person, like we all push each other to be better. So I think that that's also been super instrumental in like my career because like I want to be better for my friends and teammates and they're also out there grinding just as hard as I am. So like, it's just like a win-win all around within those years what do you think your biggest accomplishment has been on the women's soccer team um i would definitely say going to the college cup in 2018 yeah 2018 that was definitely the coolest experience of my life like winning big east and then being a first seed in the ncaa tournament and going into the college cup like playing unc like arguably like the best team in the country it was so sick and obviously I would have wanted to win a national championship and the rest of my team agrees but it was a very cool accomplishment having an undefeated season also was very cool that year <laughs> is there anything else like about this experience that you'd want to talk about um I definitely think it's important to note like how successful like regardless of soccer like outside of that like it's we've had a lot of successful people like just do a lot of like cool things like we also have the highest gpa as a team um and like we also have a lot of girls who go on to play professional and like right now we have a girl we had a girl in iceland we have someone in paris and one in germany like right now and someone out in playing for the portland thorns um and one at Washington Spirit. So like beyond just Georgetown soccer, like a lot of people are really doing well. And I think like looking at like future successes for like our program and like everyone individually is something to highlight. 
Is there anything that you would change about your experience with the soccer team at Georgetown? I don't think that there would be anything like huge that would change. I would obviously like want more uh, trophies. Like I want to win a national championship and that's like our team's number one goal. So I would say like just getting back to the college cup and winning is our, is something that I want in the future. And like, I wish I could have done that in 2019, but it didn't happen like that. We were so close, but it didn't happen. Um, so that would be something that I would change and want for the future. We were wondering if you've noticed any discrepancies like in the way um, that your team is treated versus the male soccer team or any other athletic programs at Georgetown. Um, so like with any program, athletic program, like obviously some teams are going to have more money than other teams. And we're fortunate to have like good donors and a, a pretty large budget. Um, and from what I understand, like the men's and women's teams should be treated the same or will are treated the same in terms of money. Um, so I wouldn't have necessarily have any complaints against that. And obviously like there is a hierarchy of sports just because like basketball is gets the most fans and like it kind of comes down to who gets the most fans and who's who gets paid for their games the most. Um, but I wouldn't say that the athletic department in any way treats the athletes differently. They've been, they're actually very, very conscientious about that. And especially with um, COVID and trying to get us back on campus. I know that our athletic director is trying to get every single athlete back, but it's really up to the president if that's gonna happen or not. And obviously the state of the country. Um, but ultimately like we're treated the same from what I've seen in my past three years here. Um, and I don't have any complaints about it. With regards to like the student body, do you think that they give, that there's like a, a preference for men's soccer over women's soccer or anything like that? Or do you think it's relatively equal? Um, I would say that in general, if we're looking at like all women's and men's sports, people always want to watch men's sports over women's sports. Um, and like if you're a lot of the times like women's sports will be more successful than men's sports. Um, and obviously with the national champions, like as the men's team. So like I would understand why they would rather go to their games. But um, and in general, pe more people do go to their games. Um, but we get a pretty good turnout for who we are. And of course, like sometimes both the men's and women's soccer teams play to empty stands. So if it's like a week game, like it totally is understandable people at class, but a lot of athletes, especially come out and support our games, which is super awesome. And like Hoya blue, the, um, sports club is out there at every single game. Um, but we also have Sunday games while the men's team has Saturday games. So more people are definitely more hyped to go out to the men's team, which is again, understandable, but like, we're still a very successful program. So like, we would love to see people at our games, but sometimes it is what it is. We try and get people to come, but, but in general though, I would say a good amount of students show up for the games that we, we hope them to show up for. So we're thankful for that. As Kelly Ann mentioned in our conversation, the Georgetown women's soccer team is tremendously successful both on an individual and a team level. 
The team has won three straight Big East Championship titles, back-to-back regular season titles, and has made two trips to the College Cup within three years. They earned the number one national seed in the NCAA tournament in 2018. The team was also recognized by the United Soccer Coaches Organization with the 2019-2020 College Team Academic Award for their 14th year in a row. Seven players on the Georgetown women's soccer team earned all-league honors in 2019, including Amanda Carolyn, Anna Leet, Jenna Royson, Julia Lees, Paula Germano-Watnick, and Megan Knapp. Some noteworthy individual accomplishments also include those of Paula Germano-Watnick, Megan Nally, and Amanda Carolyn, who in 2019 were named as Scholar All-Americans, named the United Soccer Coaches All-East Region First Team, named the Division I Women's Soccer All-ECAC Team, and received Scholar All-Region honors, among other accomplishments. Additionally, Anna Leet, current goalkeeper and sophomore at Georgetown University, who in 2020 competed at the Algarve Cup with New Zealand as they prepared for the Tokyo Olympics that were supposed to be this past summer, was named as Biggie's goalkeeper and freshman of the week in 2019. Also in 2019, Amanda Carillon was named Big East Offensive Player of the Week, Jenna Royson was named to the Big East Honor Roll, and Paula Germano-Watnick and Megan Nally were awarded Midfielder of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year, respectively. In the spring of 2020, individuals Amanda Carolyn and Boo Jackson were awarded the Team Player Award and the Courage Award. As Kelly Ann mentioned, there are a number of Georgetown women's soccer graduates who have gone on to play professionally. Among these athletes is Megan Nally, who graduated Georgetown in 2020, was nominated as the university's 2020 NCAA Woman of the Year, and was also nominated for the Robert A. Duffy Scholar Athlete Award in the 2019-2020 academic year. Megan went on to become the 25th pick in the 2020 National Women's Soccer League draft and to join the Portland Thorns. Other outstanding Georgetown women's soccer graduates who went on to play professionally include Paula Germano-Watnick, who graduated in 2020 and currently plays in Iceland for Keflavik FC, Kyra Carusa, who graduated in 2019 and currently plays for HB Coach in Denmark, Rachel Corbos, who graduated in 2018 and currently plays in the First Division of France for a team called Stade de Rimes, Caitlin Farrell, who graduated in 2017 and signed with Orlando Pride in the National Women's Soccer League, Crystal Thomas, who graduated in 2017 and currently plays on the Washington Spirit in the National Women's Soccer League, and Daphne Corbeau, who graduated in 2015 and currently plays in the French First Division for Paris FC. Aside from the accomplishments of the Georgetown women's soccer team, Kelly Ann's experience with Title IX also attests to the fact that Georgetown has come a long way since the establishment of Title IX in 1972. Though Caroline and Kelly Ann cannot speak for every female athlete at Georgetown, and we did not get the chance to interview any female athletes of color, we would hope that these two female athletes' experiences with Title IX are universal for female athletes at Georgetown. We hope you learned a lot about some of the many hardworking and accomplished female athletes at Georgetown and their experiences with Title IX. Thank you so much for listening to Episode 4, and stay tuned for Episode 5.